How do you learn to roll with the punches? Hi, welcome to another episode of Business Mindset Mastery. My name's Heather Gray. I'm a mindset and performance coach for business owners, leaders, and entrepreneurs. You can always find me over at choosetohaveitall.com. And today I'm sitting in front of a really powerful listener question, and I'm looking forward to jumping in. It's addressing this idea of resilience and weathering storms and standing in your truth, believing in yourself and having confidence. It also addresses why it might seem so easy for me, but it's really not. Let's dive in and have a listen. Here goes. Heather, I don't even know how to start this letter, so let me start with that, I guess. You teach us to communicate transparently and to tell people what we want them to think. In that spirit, I have a hard question for you, but I don't want you to think I'm coming at you as a hater or a troll. I mean you no disrespect. To be honest with you, I stopped listening to your podcast last December and I left your Facebook group then too. Last week, a friend told me that I just had to listen to your podcast for people who were hurting. She was right to make me listen to it and I realized how much I've missed you. You just keep it so real sometimes. That's what makes it hard to listen to though. You see, in December, you were talking so much more about your move and I was right there with you. Honestly, you had me crying a lot. I couldn't believe you were just so out there about it all. Then, like an episode later, you mentioned the hater comments you got and how you chose to blow them off and not give them energy. Shortly after that, in your group, you told a story and as an aside, you mentioned how you launched a program that no one bought and you knew and you knew you were the reason why. I just didn't buy it, Heather. I just didn't think you were for real. But since listening to Friday's episode and then honestly binging on many that I've missed this year. I realize you are real, but that I'm definitely missing something. How do you do it, Heather? You always sound so confident, direct, open, natural, and unafraid. I don't get it. I want to be more like that, but being around someone like you also just makes me feel bad about myself. How are you so confident? Why is it so easy for you? I just feel like it's hard for me all the time. What am I missing? What isn't connecting for me? Okay. Deep breath. Um, first of all, I want to let you know that I, I read the sincerity and the honesty in your letter. I, I know that you're not coming at me, and I know your dukes aren't up, and my dukes aren't up either. Um, but what your question comes down to is how do you learn to roll with the punches? Um, how do you hold the good with the bad? Um, how do you hold who you are um, in the face of adversity? How do you stand in your truth when other people are telling you you're wrong? and all of the fears and doubts that come when you're in the arena trying something new. Um, you're not the first person to tell me that I make it sound easy. This is feedback I've heard before. In fact, I, I misunderstood um, feedback around the same issue in a group training that I did just a couple of months ago. Um, and so I'm going to address that first of all. I, I think that some of it is that I've done this for so long that some of my answers really are on automatic pilot a little bit. So to communicate transparently, some of this after all these years, some of 
my answers, like the answers themselves for me, not the work involved in doing the action I'm telling, but is kind of easy for me in all transparency. But that doesn't mean that I ever mean to imply that the work is just, it is easy. And that word just is kind of the devil in this discussion. Um, because I, and I know I've caught myself saying, well, just go do this, just say this, just do that. And I know that as soon as I put that word in front of my conversation, people are thinking that I'm not validating how hard it is, how afraid they are, and how insecure they are. I also think sometimes that in the spirit of helping people, in the spirit of motivating people and inspiring people into action, I think sometimes my message is confusing and like it's perceived as I'm making it sound so easy when in fact I'm just trying to be enthusiastic like you can do it so it's almost like I'm being misunderstood as the you know the pom-pom cheerleader that I just want people to recognize that they can choose happiness that they don't have control over the things that have happened in their lives but they can control what happens next and I think sometimes that's misunderstood I also think sometimes I simply say things that people don't want to hear or aren't ready to hear, and they're listening and watching me through the fractured lens that I talked about yesterday, through the fractured lens of depression. Because when you are feeling bad about yourself, when you're struggling with low self-esteem, when you're in a chronic state of distress, you do listen and hear people a little bit differently than their intent. But here's the thing. I First of all, um, there's a podcast episode you probably missed because I, I can't remember when I did it, but I do think it was this year and I called it How I Turned Out Okay in the End. So I would scroll back um, a few months and find that episode for yourself and hear a little bit more about my story and where I've come from and how I've, you know, kind of come to this place. Um, but what you're talking about is confidence. And the only way I know how to walk you through this is to share with you my past 24 hours. Um, so yesterday I did a podcast episode kind of in follow-up to the Friday episode you heard about depression. Um, I had shared in the past week with my listeners that this episode was coming. Again, communicating transparently. I said, hey, this is a kind of a hard episode for me to talk about. I want to make sure I get it right, but it's such a broad topic. How do I cover it from all angles in a single podcast episode, etc., etc., etc.? And up until like, I, I think I finished recording 1030 in the morning or so yesterday, Pacific Standard Time, and until around 930 or so Pacific Standard Time that evening, the only responses and the only feedback I got were negative. Um, people t depressed people telling me that I didn't get it, that I was blaming the sufferer, that clearly, you know, I'm talking from some high, you know, high throne above. Um, a mother reached out to me and said, like, you talk about boundaries, but obviously you're not a mother because then you would know that motherhood's the exception to the rule, etc., etc., etc. Don't tell me I should tell, you know, set limits on my daughter, etc., etc., etc. So really critical feedback to something that I had communicated transparently to people was really important to me that I get right. I didn't spend the afternoon wallowing or upset or feeling bad because the people who are giving me their experiences weren't people in my tribe. And when people in my tribe tell me I've missed the mark and I've gotten it wrong, 
that's when I feel it. That's when I kind of break down. Um, when I'm, you know, being coached and mentored and someone, you know, by someone that I've invested in that I look up to and my coach says, like, what are you doing right now? You're playing small. You're not putting yourself out there. You're playing it safe. Like, that affects me. When um, random internet people want to take advantage of my hard times, like, no, I'm, I'm not going to invest in that. I'm not going to engage in that conversation because it's my story. Those people don't know me. And if they don't know me, they don't really know what the hell they're talking about. Like, that is the perspective I have. That's the truth I choose to carry. But that is a well-practiced muscle. That means that I sat through tons of critical feedback in my professional career, in my personal life. I've been told all the reasons why I'm a lousy this, a bad that, blah, 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 blah. And recognizing that at some point in time, I had to stand in my truth. And part of the truth is I'm not going to be liked by everybody. My vibe isn't going to attract every tribe. And that's okay. And what you clearly said is it didn't attract you. And I'm, and I accept that. It sounds too in your letter, I feel bad about this part, but that I've somehow hurt your feelings, that you somehow feel minimized and invalidated in your experience. And that, you know, that feels bad. I don't want to be the source of that. But I also know and accept that I can't try to get people to change their minds to see life on the other side of the street if I don't challenge their thinking, if I don't create a new attitude, a new point of view, or a new way of looking at things. I have to disrupt the apple cart to create the change I want to see. And because I know human nature, and because of my own experience with psychology, and P.S., my own years in time and therapy, I know that there's a level of things I can control and there's a level of things I can't. What you hear in these podcast episodes, what you see in my Facebook group or other trainings, first of all, is 20 years of professional experience having done this, having worked with severe mental health, having worked with a variety of mental health diagnoses in a variety of you know settings. But then you also have like for almost, <laughs> not quite yet, <laughs> but almost 42 years of life experience that started when I was like, like born basically because I had a cleft palate. My mom died when I was young. There's a series of events. And then I meet the man that I'm going to fall in love with. And he, you know, freaking gets hit by a bus two years into our dating relationship. So no, I, I don't want anybody to think that this is easy, that, you know, there aren't moments that I have been, you know, down on my knees. But, you know, to be really direct is I chose to get up. I, I accept that I'm wrong. I accept that I'm imperfect. And part of rolling with the punches is self-acceptance. And I, I wish I knew more about you from your letter. Um, I, I wish I, you know, I knew more about your life and your situation because this could be, you know, um, uh, you know, psychobabble run amok here. But I wonder about the role of self acceptance because here's the thing I know. Like my husband and I, from the time we dated until probably up until, yep, yeah, up until last week, we randomly have crazy knocked 
down, drag out arguments that are stupid and dramatic for, you know, especially for me because I'm a shrink and I should be able to play by the rules and communicate effectively. But after all these years together, I can't pretend that that's not true about us. Neither can I, you know, stop, you know, pretending that it's not true that I'm a natural born crier. You've heard it on the podcast just randomly (laughs) happening when I'm talking about something that shouldn't be making me cry. Um, you, you know, I can tell you how I don't pay attention to details, how, um, I like wrecked my car recently following traffic rules, but then getting distracted in the middle of following traffic rules. There's so many examples of things where I'm absent-minded, where I'm intentionally trying to do the best thing and be the best person. And I make the most asinine mistake in it. All of those things I've come to accept about myself. I'm always going to be the person capable of randomly crying in public and not being able to get her shit together, no matter how much she wants to. Hopefully she sometimes gets to the car, but she doesn't always. And not like, I don't try to change that. Um, the things that I like, the the sort of the way I move through the world, um, you know, my physical limitations and what I can do, um, you know, there's so many things that like bring me insecurity and have me self-doubt. But, you know, 42 years in, paying attention, trying, doing my best, not a lot has changed in some areas. It's just a part of who I am. And I think so often people struggle with self-acceptance. And I think what you hear um, and probably what scares you is that I really do accept myself. That doesn't mean I think I'm done. That doesn't think that, that doesn't, you know, mean to say that I'm not going to need my own coach, my own mentors, my own therapy at some point again in the future. Um, it doesn't mean that I don't want more than I currently have or that I'm not working on things, that I think my own personal development is done. But I do accept myself and how I move through the world. And I think that a lot of people keep trying to change the parts of themselves they simply don't like. And when you get in that battle of trying to change core elements to who you are constantly, you never really learn to move through the world as you. And what self-acceptance allows me to do is because I know how I am, I can be prepared and have a plan for what happens next. I get to say, well, you're not paying attention to details, so you have to slow it down. You have to lower the radio. You have to do this. You can't do that. Or, hey, you, you tend to cry in public sometimes. You might always need some tissues on standby. Or you really get feedback pretty often that you make this shit sound so easy, you're going to have to be careful and you're going to have to connect to your audience better and you're going to have to make sure that they know how hard it is, that they know how hard it was for you, that they hear that it wasn't easy for you, that you had moments of doubt. I've done my best to communicate that, but clearly I'm still missing the mark. So yes, I have to work on that because I'm still being perceived in a way that I don't wish to be by people that matter. So that's what happens when you self-accept. But 
that self-acceptance is rolling with that punch, right? It's like, oh, here we go. I'm bringing me along for this journey. Oh, crap, it's me. You know, um, I hate, <laughs> I always laugh. Um, I went to the zoo recently with my husband and a friend of mine a couple months ago. Um, and uh, they looked at the zoo map the whole day. <laughs> I had nothing to do with it because I am awful with maps. Just, I'm a disaster. I never understand them. I don't know where I am in relation to where I want to be, what direction to turn the map to understand. Like, none of it is intuitive to me. And my husband just kind of mentioned when my friend sort of commented on it. Oh, yeah. Like, she, you know, like, she just never, she just gives me the map and doesn't have anything to do with it. Um, and, you know, I just had to kind of laugh. But recognizing that, like, yeah, that's always annoying, right? Is to, he, like, for the first time ever, he had a co-pilot because my friend was good at maps, too. And the two of them could figure out the flippin' zoo. Um, but recognizing that. Um, so if I know I'm not good at maps then I can't just, you know, thank God for GPS, because remember the days of Google Map? Like, I needed those print step-by-step -step directions. So GPS tells me where to go, and even when GPS is telling me where to go, sometimes I can't read the map correctly. So I can hate myself for that. I can choose to feel dumb about it. I can, you know, think things to myself like dot, 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 you know, maybe my clients are going to be this or blah, 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 blah. But at the end of the day, I've never been good at maps. I've never been good at math. I've never been good at science. And if I keep trying to get good or be better or have those things about me change, then I'm not using my strengths. I'm not tuning into what I'm capable of. I'm not setting myself up for success. I'm like pissing against the wind and you know what happens in that situation, right? So that's what I want you to think about. When you talk about not liking yourself, when you talk about not liking being around people who are confident, who speak with, you know, a self-assured attitude, what about yourself are you trying to run from? If this is a case of depression, if this is a case of um, just chronic low self-esteem, um, low energy, a lack of belief in yourself, or an inability to process, understand, and overcome a hard situation, um, you might need one-on-one -on -one support and help with that. You might need therapy if you're not already in it. Um, or if you know, you've tried it in the past, you might need to go back to it. Um, but if this is is simply a case of, you know, feeling that my message is simplified um, and feeling just that you're not connecting. I hope that the, these first steps have given you some guidance. I want to leave you with one more. I want to leave you with the one that I found when I was broken and lost and hating myself. Um, that was high school. Um, I've really hated myself in high school. And a lot of times, you know, it's funny when I say that people are like, well, everyone hates themselves in high school. Um, so my thoughts and feelings get minimized too. Don't worry <laughs> about that. Everybody, you know, um, I'm, not, I'm not allowed to have a bad day at certain times or at certain ages because everybody does. I'm, I'm not quite sure about that. But I, um, I remember reading the book um, by Viktor Frankl, Man's Search for Meaning. Um, and he basically wrote about surviving um, the Holocaust in concentration camps. And what he said is the difference between the people who survive it 
and the people who don't are the people who find meaning in their suffering. Um, and that is a whole nother podcast episode and a whole nother heart truth to swallow. And I, you know, I've debated it with people for years now. Um, but I, my life was changed by that book. Um, it's the book that made me want to be a social worker. It's my book that it's the book that made me, um, I I don't want to say made me who I am because I I really credit my counselor at the time for that too. But um, as you know, as well as my extended family for making me who I am. But it changed my worldview in a way that I don't think ever really shifted back. And that was this idea that I really can control my story and my narrative. Um, I had just spent so much time um, feeling like a victim when my mom died. Um, here I go crying again. Um, just, you know, why did it happen to me? Um, and it, it became such a, whew, um, I didn't expect to get emotional about this today. Here goes nothing, friends. Um, I, I just, I was a disaster in high school. Um, and again, I talk about it on that podcast episode, um, how I turned out okay in the end. So I don't want to go back to all of that. But up until that moment, I, I really thought that like this mother loss, um, my difficulty making friends, my difficulty keeping friends, all of that was like this thing that happened to me, um, that it was done to me. And I, I embraced the victim mentality. Um, I kind of wrapped myself up in it like a blanket. It was like, woe is me. And, you know, it was, it was my badge of honor. It was this thing that happened to me. I, I don't know, but I, I really had that fractured lens way of looking at it. And that book really was the start of recognizing that I had to decide the meaning I was going to take from that. I was going to have to decide for myself how that was going to make me bigger, better, bolder, stronger, that I could choose to be knocked down by it. I could choose to um, just, you know, let my life be, you know, a little bit less than because my mom died at six years old, or I could use it to recognize that I have known heartache and loss and disappointment for a really long time that my childhood was different than most childhoods, just like many of the people I would someday help, that I would be able to connect with their human experiences because I felt it too. I have felt fear. I have felt low self-esteem. I have felt insecurity. I have felt doubt. Um, I have felt small and invisible and insignificant. I've been jealous. Um, all of those feelings I got to feel entirely too young, but I also know they made me really great at what I do. So when you ask me about confidence, when you ask me, you know, how I make it sound so easy. Well, I guess I'm going to tell you I've had several years of practice and I'm still working on it and I'm still learning and I'm still practicing because I'm making meaning out of the times when it wasn't so easy. And that's going to be my challenge for you to self-accept, to find the things about yourself that you have been in war with and figure out a way to accept them so you can plan around them. And the things that you've been living with, carrying your emotional baggage, 
figure out a way to turn it into something meaningful. Working on those two things will get you closer to feeling about yourself the way you would like to. And maybe it'll sustain you so you can listen to my podcast again next week without wanting (laughs) to pull your hair out or poke a voodoo doll in me. Um, Thanks so much for the vulnerability in your question. I I really respect it. I, I know it came from a good open place. I appreciate the time you took and I hope you um, appreciate my response here today. Thanks so much for joining into the conversation and coming back and finding your way back. Um, it'd be really great if you gave my group a second shot too. Thanks so much. I, um, I really enjoy talking to all of you today and this week and having the conversations we've been having. Um, one of the things that I'm especially proud of is that yesterday my news feed showed no stories about depression, no stories about mental illness, no stories about coming out of the dark, finding the light, reaching out, any of that. And that's the day my podcast episode came out because we talk about the hard things even when the news cycle has moved on to something else. That is something for us all to be proud of. Thanks for being in it with me, friends. I appreciate all of you so much. If you haven't yet, uh, please subscribe to the show. Uh, My podcast is available now on most podcast apps, so you should be able to subscribe so you don't miss an episode. And if this is valuable and if it's helping you, please do consider taking the time to leave a review. It means so much to me, and I would really appreciate it. Thanks so much. Bye for now.